Welcome Edugamers to this week's videocast episode. Today I have Jenny with me and we talk about game-based learning as a formative assessment. So be sure to stick around. We're gonna jump into that conversation here in just a minute. Before we jump into the episode, I do wanna share with you our board game crates. These are excellent for anyone looking to get started with tabletop games or to add some more tabletop games to your already existing library. So these are excellent for anyone looking for some games for your after school program or for in the classroom to target specific content learning outcomes. The survey for the crate is a way to create a curated selection of games for your learning environment or game group. So we also have some questions on there if you're just looking for some games for friends and family or even if you're looking for some games to add to your homeschool collection. So again, I'll leave a link below. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us at games at boardgamingwitheducation.com. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of Board Game with Education. Super excited to be joined by Jenny Barrico. Did I pronounce that right? Now I'm kind of doubting <laughs> <Barricchio>. myself. Barrico. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you here today. We're going to talk about, um, I'm going to put this up here, game-based learning as a formative feedback. And I'm excited to learn a lot from you because I mentioned it's it's really great to talk to new people and learn more about what they're doing and learn about this specific topic. A little bit about Jenny. She is a learning performance consultant at United Healthcare. Um, I hope I got that right. Yeah. And then she has been doing a lot of gamification and her special specialization is in e-learning. So you've recently started digging more into like game-based learning and serious learning. That's what we're going to talk about today. And your background is more in the corporate world. And I'm a kind of K through 12 educator slash higher educator. I've kind of taught all levels. So I'm going to kind of dig into the perspective from a teacher's perspective and ask you some questions about how we might use that in the classroom. Um, but first, before we get there, would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. So I've been uh, working in instructional design for just about 12 years now. Uh, now I'm a uh, learning performance consultant. So I, I meet with different business partners and figure out different training needs. And uh, a lot of that turns into distance learning interventions and stuff like that. Uh, outside of work, I'm also on the board of directors for the Federal Government Distance Learning Association. And I head up the publications committee. So I'm always looking for new and exciting things to bring to the members there as far as distance learning is concerned. Um, yeah, and I'm currently working on my dissertation uh, to finish my doctorate in education and instructional design. Um, so all of this is at the forefront of my mind because it's my focus and my research. <laughs> That's super awesome. And I imagine you were quite busy this past year. Maybe, I mean, it sounds yeah. like you've been doing distance learning or e-learning for a while. Um, could you share like maybe because that's not really going to be our topic today. We'll probably touch on it a little bit. But could you share maybe a top insight you learned from this past year? From a distance learning perspective, yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was it was really interesting because at least at work, and I'm sure in in higher ed and also with schools, everyone had to go through such a big transition of, of going from in classroom to at home, and and what does it mean to to be in distance learning? And um, it was interesting with the stakeholders at my work. I I didn't realize how many people felt very differently <laughs> about distance learning. Since I had been doing it for so long, it was like, okay, well, we'll just kick into that gear and move these over to e-learning. And um, some of the stakeholders were really nervous about that. So um, I think what 
the cool insight was is that people had a chance to see how um, impactful it can be if it's designed well and there's a way to be really purposeful and strategic and and you can create these digital environments that while it's not a one for one with a classroom it can really make a um, a learning experience very very rich and exciting and stuff like that so um, it was kind of cool to to bring people that were a little bit hesitant to that change in and see um, uh, their attitudes change a little bit more towards distance learning in, in a good way right. and innovation there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. I know I've shared this on our podcast previously that I've, I flipped my classroom. Now is like, uh, is that three, two or three years ago. So before the pandemic mm -hmm. and I had an opportunity to kind of learn and discover what it's like to throw instruction online and going into the pandemic kind of realized that there were some tools that can be used post pandemic based on how we flipped our classroom and now how we've done everything online. And hopefully yeah. we take some of those things we've learned and bring it into uh, the future when we're back in person. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. All right. So let's, let's talk about uh, game-based learning as formative feedback. Could you define um, game-based learning and kind of what it means for your practice? Yeah, so um, right now I'm going through a whole bunch of current uh, scholarly literature and uh, a lot of scholars actually were saying how uh, game-based learning, gamification too, while those are two different things, no one can really agree on it <laughs> from an academic perspective. And even the term game is being disputed. This, one of them right. said that too. <laughs> um, but for the purposes of, of what of my research, what I decided to go with was there was um, one definition that was uh, game-based learning is teaching using an actual game. And then in contrast to that, gamification was um, taking, it's not identified as a, a pure game, but you're using game elements in a non-game context. So those are the, just to differentiate there. And then formative feedback um, kind of ends up playing into all of that. But what formative feedback is, it, it's, it's feedback that's provided to learners um, during their learning process to support their development. So giving them a, a chance to understand where they're at in the learning process without having that final assessment feel, but instead mm. they're they're figuring out, okay, so I need to be over there. <laughs> I'm over here. I've answered these many things right, but I need to answer, you know, X amount more right or or I'm doing great, you know. So uh, having a sense of where they're at in that process. And then um, that feedback is is that formative piece there. So um, and then it works on the other side too for the designer or the facilitator in the sense that you can look at the progress of the student and see, well, they should all be farther <laughs> or, oh, maybe this is too easy. And then you can make some modifications based on how they're progressing through a learning experience and evaluate your, your materials that way using the, the, the formative feedback. Right, right. And that's, I mean, I'm excited to kind of talk about some examples and, and different things you've seen in your research, because I think when anyone that's used games or played games know that games are really good at making things just not too difficult and not too easy, right? It's mm -hmm. right in the, is the zone of proximal development and, and yeah. learning terminology, right? We're, we're right in our best area for learning. And yeah. I'm trying to think of some examples of games. So maybe, maybe I'll go to you and I'll try to think of just game examples, but what are some <laughs> examples you've come across in um, your research or just in your experience of, using game-based learning as formative feedback? 
Yeah. So with formative feedback, there's all these different, uh, I found a bunch of different, in, at least in research, a bunch of different formative activities that are made up of all these different kinds of elements and mechanics to provide the learner with some insight into to how they're doing in their, their progress uh, during a, a, a lesson. Um, and then in my study right now, there were 15 participants, they were international, and uh, there were 34 different game elements that were mentioned as being tied to formative activities, uh, or formative game-based activities, um, which was great because I was finding in the research, there was a lot of researchers saying, we need something besides points, points badges, and leaderboards mm -hmm. <laughs> to talk about as far as like formative elements to let people know how they're doing. Um, so this was cool to see that go beyond, um, you know, those the points, badges, and leaderboards. Uh, the top three elements were um, narrative, points mm. were number two, <laughs> and then uh, levels was number three, and then just to throw in number four was maps and regions, because I thought that was kind of interesting how people were building um, maps, and then learners were able to see where they were at you know, and, and have that kind of sense of progression and, and um, self-assessment based on where they right. were in the map. So yeah, as an example, <laughs> that's really cool. I, I'm thinking because we've done we've done something in the past with a gamification toolkit and we leaned into narrative based uh, more almost gamification, but game based learning in a sense to. I don't know. It's hard because I feel like those terms have a lot of overlap sometimes as they well. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, because they, they advance in the story, and as they advance in the story, they're completing activities um, related to language learning. I, yeah. I wonder, maybe, uh, so what are some benefits to using, well, before we go there, maybe we can talk about game-based learning versus gamification and formative feedback versus those two things. Maybe we can shed some light on that. Yeah, tell me more about that. What, what do you mean? So if we're maybe if we're talking about gamification, um, we might have like points, badges. I feel like that would be gamification, but then maybe it could be used for game based learning. How would we how would we use it for game based learning? Yeah. So um, with with the game based learning, it would be the game itself would have those pieces in it. And I I personally think it's it's easier to to build a really seamless experience with the game-based approach because it's it's all working together as one piece, you know. So you have the rules are 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 set up and the mechanics are set up and they're all working together with one kind of system in place. Um, versus gamification, the design approach is, is quasi similar, except that it's not a game. So there's no game rules the whole way through, but there might be like rules within a specific activity and maybe a mechanic and in, in here and there. So, but I personally think game based is, is and serious games. And that kind of approach is a little bit more interesting because it has, this is personal opinion. <laughs> it has that, um, that seamless, like full experience of being, you know, kind of a little bit more immersive, uh, like going back to the narrative, for example, um, that was like the number one, all 15 participants mentioned using narrative, uh, and pairing that with the formative activities. Um, because like you were saying with the story, it can unfold 
over the course mm. of the gameplay, which creates this natural like scaffolding, which is what you were saying again with the zone of proximal development as well. And um, those um, story elements were all used in different ways with the participants. Some of them would work in like branching scenarios. So like you'd have your, your story and then depending on what action you take, you could go a completely different direction. Um, it could be positive consequences, maybe not so great consequences, depending on what your choices were. And giving learners that autonomy in that in that space was really great because it it gave them the chance to fail forward or or just mm -hmm. full on succeed in a in a safe like magic circle kind of space. And I I, I think um, that serious games kind of like lend themselves to that kind of environment, that immersive place a little bit better. Right, right. And I, I, I mean, there's like three things that you said that I want to go back to. Okay. One, the first thing, well, no, the first thing was um, that you just mentioned the magic circle. And that's what I always love to share with language learning because mm. students aren't so, I guess, in the student demographic I taught in Asia and Taiwan and even like Korea and China, they're very nervous about making mistakes in their language um, just when they're speaking. So, when you put them in a game environment, they're less nervous because they're playing a game as opposed to learning a language in a classroom. And I really like that, that games are able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and you also mentioned earlier on about how there's the formative feedback for the facilitator as well. And yeah. I wanna wonder if you could talk more about that and also share some other benefits to using game-based learning as formative feedback. Yeah. So from a facilitator perspective, it, it becomes kind of like a formative evaluation is another term that you'll see uh, for the instructor because they'll be able to see based on the way that they've designed the game or, or, or they put together gamified elements, however they want to go about it. Um, it can they can see very quickly is it too easy for the learner based on you know how they're performing? Um, is it too difficult? Um, should there be like a more knowledgeable other in place, a mentor and in, in game environment, maybe a sage or something kind of cool mm, um, or a glowing button that just like lets them know, like just go over there. Um, <laughs> so it's something that creates a, a bridge um, or is there more intervention that's needed? So uh, having a sense of, you know, how you want the learner to perform from the beginning and what their journey would be like and prototyping that, iterating on it is really important. And using those feedback points to determine like, hey, how's it how's it really going with, with the learner progress? Are they right where they should be? Is there something that's a little off? That kind of thing. Right. And that's, I mean, that's so cool. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to draw an example from my brain, but I'm, I'm imagining when a facilitator creates a game environment, game structure, and they can see whether things are working or not, I feel like with a game, it's much easier to modify what's happening and direct students a certain way than versus a maybe traditionally structured lesson plan. I don't know, or activity. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. I can't come with an example, so maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> it's so true, though, because um, most of the participants I talked to, well, all of them were iterative in their design approach because of that same thing. Cause there's always like some kind of hole or, and, and a lot of people right. would say uh, the learners, they will figure out a way to break something <laughs> like no, no, no problem. They will figure out a way, <laughs> no matter how much you play test, that someone's going to figure out something that you just didn't see coming. And um, which is great. Cause then you can figure out 
okay, where can I enhance this? How can I make it stronger? Um, is there a cognitive dissonance at some point in this game that I can, you know, tweak and enhance? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had a few teachers on the podcast that have play tested their games <laughs> with their students and say students are excellent play testers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Cool. So we talked about some benefits. What are some challenges or some pitfalls or drawbacks or are there any, is there anything negative about using game-based learning as formative feedback? Maybe not negative, but it's uh, like planning items. Uh, I, mm. I would say just so you can prep yourself if you're interested in, in pursuing it and trying things out with your, with your, um, your class. Uh, it takes time to plan. Um, so give yourself time, be nice to yourself. <laughs> and then also, um, uh, get out there and explore, see what people are doing. There is a lot of innovation out there and a lot of people are sharing. I think part of it is because this is all so new in the learning space mm. for, as far as the, the history of education goes. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of people that are out there sharing online and, and, um, LinkedIn and all that. Uh, so exploring and then, uh, the fun part, I think, is play the play games, play board games, and figure out what, what do I like about um, these different games. So, what do I like about chess? You know, what do I like about you know thinking about it from a different perspective as a as a designer and how you can implement those things that you like into the game. And then also consider that you might have a little bit of bias in your in your design, so they might not like it. So just be aware mm. of that. Um, but yeah, so iteration, give yourself time, explore. I think those are some challenges, but also they're kind of fun challenges. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. I mean, I enjoy the design process a lot. Like that's yeah. one of my favorite things, the, the design process and then watching it implemented in my classroom and seeing how students receive it. Mm -hmm. um, and just to echo something that you made me think about is how I give myself time. I didn't realize this before until now is like, I usually when I when I taught in, Asia, this winter time was a huge break too, as well as the summer. So we had two big breaks oh. in the winter, the year. Yeah, the, I mean, the summer wasn't as big as it is in the US, but it's still it's still a pretty big time. I would plan a lot or do a good chunk of planning early on. So I have that there. And then one thing that we talk about with game design and even lesson planning is iterating. And then that way, mm -hmm. I'm at least able to have something down on paper and iterate on it throughout the summer, throughout the winter, and kind of finally, when we get towards the, the semester, I kind of plug away and get it ready to go. But yeah, that's a really good point. I think it does take, it takes a lot of time. It takes, I mean, you can't do it. You can't do it the week before your lesson, right? <laughs> no, don't stress yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what are, I guess maybe before the last topic we can talk about is what are some things that game-based learning as formative feedback can do that maybe other traditional uh, learning environments cannot do? Yeah, so I, I think that's still like being discovered as we as we speak in in, in literature and and um, but one of the the a couple of big things that I've I've found so far um, in in looking at what's out there is um, uh, it has that ability to create that safe space to fail forward like we were talking about mm. to a point like what you were saying people aren't afraid to fail. So they're, they're actually taking that formative feedback. They're trying again. There's um, games can help prevent, provide this uh, intrinsic motivation when they're designed well, so that people continue on uh, with like uh, repetitive tasks, which would be 
really, really boring <laughs> outside of a game. But I was thinking of, um, this is a terrible example, but I was thinking of Candy Crush, not to throw myself under the bus here, but I used to play it a lot, mm. or Angry Birds too. And it's like, you're yeah. repeating the same thing over and over again, but you, there's this impetus to get to the next level or to see, well, what happens when I win this? Or what if, you know, <laughs> there's the satisfaction of an Angry Birds that all the pigs going everywhere and everyone, fly, you know, all the stuff being demolished, right. <laughs> you know, and getting points and rewards for that. So that kind of uh, gameplay can help uh, build motivation to do those kinds of repetitive tasks, which was wonderful because there's a lot of um, research that's finding people are overlearning, which is a really funny term because mm. it just means they're they're spending tons of time in these courses because they just enjoy being in them and they're motivated by the environment and they're over practicing, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, that's but, interesting. Yeah, wow. but really cool to think about that we can create a learning experience that would cause people to be really excited to stay in it for right, you know, right. more than they need to. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's like the, the teacher dream right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to learn more about this for sure. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah, I kind of think about just personal experience. You mentioned Angry Birds and Candy Crush. I've been playing a game and I don't know if this applies to teaching or if there's anything to take away from it. But um, one thing I taught a course this past semester called Among Us, uh, Among Us Behavior in Games, Human mm. Behavior in Games. Mm -hmm. And one of the lessons that I did was our was creating healthy relationships with games. And I and doing some small research before is that one thing to pay attention to is when you're playing a game and you're no longer enjoying it. And I realize mm. I get to that point with mobile games um, because it's they know how to tap into that that uh, pay to play aspect of it. Ugh, yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. it's like I could I'm just playing just playing because I want to get further on. I could just pay ten dollars and I'm further on. Yeah. Or I could just play this game and not enjoy it. And then I'm finally like, all right, I have to delete this app. and. <laughs> And yeah. move on doesn't to a different mm -hmm. game. I wonder if there's I don't know if there's anything to take away there for for teaching, but yeah, yeah, to pay attention to. yeah, I think so. That that getting uh, you know, when is it when is it unhealthy grinding versus um, mm. you know, actual like beneficial practice for the learners? Yeah, I think that's something right. as we learn more about how to implement these things that we should keep in mind to make sure that our learners are, are truly benefiting. Right. Yeah. And that makes me, reminds me of something. Have you heard of Classcraft in your research at all? Yes. Or, yeah. Some of my cool. participants used it. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who his high school students, he used it in a high school and, and this was probably like four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And he says that he still gets like notifications of one of his students, like changing his character. I'm like <laughs> that's, I mean, that's cool that that stuck mm -hmm. with them, but is that like, I don't know if that's super, <laughs> like healthy right like yeah well, why it. does that still matter i don't know that's yeah does it tie to the learning objective anymore or <laughs> what, what is it right right <laughs> cool all right so before we move into our game do you have any last words of advice or anything that we didn't cover that you'd want to share before we transition into concept yeah so I, i'm just taking advice that actually my participants gave me that i've been putting to action and it's been wonderful so i want to share it with with everyone awesome. um uh, explore this stuff start small and try things and play more mm -hmm. games and find communities where people will play test your uh experiments <laughs> or your prototypes right. um because you'll learn from the communities and, and you'll just grow as a as an educator so i highly recommend it i've been giving it a try for the last like three months and it's been 
absolutely wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's, that's definitely my, always my number one words of advice. The one part about playing more games, because mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been able to implement so many things through having played some games before I wouldn't have been yeah. able to do some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And speaking of games, we're going to play a game. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to play concept. All right. So we're going to play concept. I stole my wife's account and this is my account <laughs> on board game arena. Um, this is a online website where you can play games for free. Um, there's some limitations on what games you can play and how often and wait times for the free version, but it's not like super limited, but there is, there are some limitation limitations. And then, um, uh, the premium is like $10 a month, $10 a year. So it's not too much, um, but we're going to try this out. All right. So we're going to play concept and in the game, I'm going to give you a main concept with an exclamation point. So as an example, I shared this just a minute ago, but I'm sure again, for anyone watching is, if my word is milk, the main concept I would do is an exclamation point for food. And I would have two things that are related to that concept. And I might do liquid and white. So then it would be a food main concept. It's liquid. It's white. So we would hopefully guess it's milk. Um, so I'm going to choose my word now. And I'm going to. Oh, my goodness. These are tough words. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a oh try. <laughs> even even the easiest one's kind of hard. <laughs> All right. So you can see on your screen, um, the main concept is going to be person. Okay. And the right. thing concept is going to be, I don't know. Um mechanical industrial and another sub thing is rock mineral so i'll put the so this one this one means it's a person family or group this one means it's mechanical industrial this one means it's a rock mineral or hard and the last concept i'm going to do is black so that is my my concept <laughs> if you need more if you need more things I'll, i can try to i'm going to think of some other stuff maybe i can add okay. to it but okay so i have it written down let's see person family or group mechanical or industrial rock or mineral and it's black Okay. I'm going to add one more, and it's going to mm -hmm. be inside. It's inside. Hope that helps. <laughs> it, then it rose down. I was thinking of outside things, so that does help. Okay. Um, inside. I'm trying to see if I can figure out something else to add here. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to add another one. Oh, I got to add it on this screen. It's a profession. So what is this one? This one means work, profession, or craft. Oh. Is it a blacksmith? Close. <laughs> You're on the right track. Okay. So I maybe, oh, yeah, 
That's close. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me see if I can add another clue. I might be able to add another one. Sorry, Sorry I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I should probably double check the rules, but last time I remember checking, you, I can just continue adding whatever I want, taking away whatever um, I want until you guess it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to add something else if I can. Uh, maybe. Writing all these down as I. Indoor. Not a blacksmith. Oh, here we go. Um, earth, dirt, or what is this? Grow. Earth, dirt, or grow dirt is the another grow. another hint. Hmm. Oh, another one. I'm going to add another one. <laughs> I think these help. I hope they're not making it harder. <laughs> no, it's this like... one is, is metal. <laughs> Dear pro profession. Uh, I'm seeing if I can I, get another one here. <laughs> so this is what we That's got: true. person, family, group, industrial, mechanical, rock, mineral, hard, black, inside, eternal, work, profession, craft. Earth, dirt, grow, and metal. I'm going to take away black. Or no, I'm going to add. Is that, is that what I think it is? It's yellow? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add yellow. And I'm going to okay. add silver. <laughs> yellow, silver, black. Okay. It's tied to a profession. It's inside. Um, I don't think I can add anything else without making it <laughs> <laughs> without taking us off the track, maybe. Um, so it's, I'm guessing it's not a construction worker, then. No, but that's I think it's closer than blacksmith. Okay, <laughs> it's more modern. <laughs> <laughs> um, mechanical engineer. I don't know why that's black, yellow, and Close. silver, though. How about, okay. I'll give a hint that's not on the game. It starts with an M. It starts with an M. If we, maybe I'll... M as in Mary? Yeah. Okay. Um, machinist? <laughs> oh, that's closer. You're getting closer and closer. <laughs> so, I, um, I'll just say it unless you really want to keep going. Okay, one more guess. Mechanic? Okay. Oh, close. Minor. Okay, Oh, a minor. Okay. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Black that was hard. That was like the easiest one. The other ones on the thing. And normally they're not that tough because uh, the easy category is pretty easy. The other one was like prisoner. And then there was like Poseidon. Um, I don't remember <laughs> the other ones. I didn't even look at the other ones. But yeah, that's really that's fun. concept. Cool. That was really fun. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Jenny, thank you again for coming on the Board yeah. Game of Education video cast. If anyone wants to reach out to you, where might they find you? Uh, LinkedIn at Jenny Pericchio. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. 
And you mentioned you have some links you'll, you're willing to share with us as far as your research too. So I'm excited to share those with our group, our community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll um, link out all of the the literature that I was kind of referring to and um, it's all available on Google Scholar. You should be able to access it. Some of them are probably paid for articles. Other ones may be mm. public, so just a heads up there, but uh, I'll share anyway, just in case you're curious to start diving in. Awesome. So thank you so much. And I know I learned a lot. So I hope anyone in our community also learned a lot. And hopefully we can have you on again soon. Okay. I'd like that. Yeah. Thanks for having me.